We now bring you back to the live court trial of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah, once I I did give Marilyn Manson a pill just so he'd stop talking. Order that's not what this case is about. We'll have to put a pin in that. I'm putting a judge pin in that. It's me, Judge Pin. These are my pins. Um, no, actually, Griffin, uh, that is what that case was about, because that is a quote from Johnny Depp on the stand today. Oh, damn. This is why th- this is why you shouldn't do any work. You shouldn't go to your job. You should just stay plugged in. Yeah, they were asking. Uh, the, apparently, for some reason, Amber Heard's lawyer was very, like, trying to get Johnny Depp to admit to doing drugs with Marilyn Manson. I don't know the rest of the context, but apparently mm-hmm. his like admission was that he once gave Marilyn Manson a pill to make him stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for that. I'd love to have that sometimes on this podcast, you know, sometimes I just need to get some space. Yeah, no, you know? every once in a while you just need to shoot a benzo through the discord right into my damn mouth. Or I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll just take a few right now. Yeah, go to bed. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to go to sleep. Here's what I know. Here's here's what I know about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, is that when I worked at restaurants in L.A., Amber Heard came into my restaurant one day, uh, and sat down and ordered a cheese plate, and I told her we don't have a cheese plate, and she said yes you do, and and I was blown away by that <laughs> that's and, so and, powerful and and i was like well we don't really have that on, on our menu and she's like go whip one up uh yeah cheese you got a plate you got a cheese plate bud and so i had to like tell like this like chef guy like hey like do you know who amber heard is he's like i'm not really <laughs> and it's like i guess she wants a cheese plate um and they like they made the worst cheese plate I've ever seen. Right. Well, because like, uh, despite the flipping thing I said about you got cheese, you got a plate like you. It's specific cheeses to make a cheese plate right. that you have to like yeah. have. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, this is our just crumbled Parmesan and our mozzarella. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's like very specific cheeses and crackers you need for a cheese plate. And it's like, you can't just be yeah. like, put all the cheese you got on a damn plate and bring it to me. What I'm trying to say is I've never seen someone more guilty. And in that moment, I knew who the victim and who uh, who the victim was. I knew who it was. And it was me. Yeah, it was you, I, the service and, worker of America. And I'm now going to take two of these knockout pills and be, drive in an Uber to be a witness on the stand. Goodbye, everyone. Welcome to Game Boys. <laughs> Hey, it's Game Boys, a podcast about video games. That's what what it's about. It's true. It's me, Lux, one of your hosts. And hi, I'm here too. It's Griffin. Um, And I'm loving our eclectic schedule. Um, You never know when to expect us. Yeah, right now, well, it's just sort of like we both got a lot going on and we know we like doing the podcast. But we can't just do the podcast at the same time every week because every week there's some weird thing that happens at the time where we're planning to do the podcast. I I, I have nothing going on. Um, 
but still that takes a priority over the podcast. I just want to make that yeah. clear. Um, yeah, I mean, it's your Google Calendar has the word nothing and then just huge <laughs> blocks. Out of uh, also joining, yeah. Also joining us is our incredible producer who has way better things to do, but Dane's to help us anyway. It's Haley. It's, it's, it's Dame Judy Haley. Did that make sense? I think you could have gone Dame Haley to Haley Dench and it would have maybe made Dame Haley. Yeah, you got to hit it on the end. Yeah, it's Dame, it's Dame Haley Dench. Yeah, she got Oscars. She uh, does. And yeah, for sure. Uh, we can talk about I, I know what they are for sure off the top of my head. I can definitely tell you them. That's just the, the way it is. Uh, she was Best Supporting Actress in 2022. Uh, a, Judy, a Judy Dench FPS. Let's get a Judy Dench FPS in here. I want her um, to be mantling over ledges. Now, it says Judy Dench. Oh, these are just nominations. I want to see. Okay, hold on. It totally fucked up my Google search. I fuck the amount that Google is trying to do the thing where it like helps you, you know, as you're doing stuff uh, sucks. Oh, really? Like, yeah, because it just like tried to fix my search to give me all Academy Awards for Best Actress. And I don't Mm. care about that. I just only want to know which Academy Awards Judi Dench has won. Judi Dench has won Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Shakespeare in Love. Wow. That seems fucked up. Oh, it's bad. Hmm. But she killed it. Yeah, I mean, she always kills it. She's great. Much like producer Haley. I feel like she plays a lot of Warcraft. I feel like that's her game. I know that one of my favorite facts is that she played a lot of D&D with Vin Diesel on the set of Chronicles of Riddick. Whoa, that's really cool. Do you think that Vin Diesel's a dungeon master or he makes someone else do it? He makes someone else do it because he has like a he has a character that he's like very invested in. Oh, wait, a character that he carries in over multiple adventures? I believe so. Um, oh, my the, God. The movie The Last Witch Hunter is an, is based on his D&D character. No. Yeah. And that's why it was what? like this passion project of his. He was trying to get off the ground for so long. Holy shit. But yeah, no, he the. But yeah, no, he uh, he created this this character, Caster the Witch Hunter or whatever. And that's like his his special uh, like D&D character. And he plays it a lot. And he like spent a bunch of money and time to get the last witch hunter made to make a movie about him. How about Casper the Bloop Watcher? And it's it's a teen Casper. And he's gotten in, into with a bad crowd. <laughs> Casper, the friendly per Casper, the pervert ghost. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a, like that feels like a Lars Van Trier movie. Do you know what I mean? Like that feels like <laughs> one of those movies that's like the goal of it is to like make you empathize with like a sort of unempathizable position. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a poltergeist molester. A molester geist. A molester geist. There it is. Uh so what's what is what is what is going on? I mean, uh, I mean, my what biggest a, what, news thing today, the thing that I've got going on. Oh, let's do news. Yeah, let's, let's um, get into news. I'm, I'm, I'm opening. I'm pulling up the New York Times is uh, I'm loving Florida versus Disney. Ding, 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 ding. Match of the century. Oh, the way. Yeah. Florida was like they they they, they said Disney World is no longer a country. Yeah. They, it's so awesome. Yeah. And like <laughs> they've 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 an attack on Disney World. I, I think that's cool. I'm very, it sucks. 
I'm very curious about it because like someone just posted a thing that was like the favorability rate of Disney in Florida is like 78% and the favorability rate of Ron DeSantis is like 36. It's just like, I wonder if the force of Disney can just be like, you don't get to be governor anymore. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can. I don't know though, because like at the same time, you're, you're, you're talking just because there's like favorability, not all those. It, the fucking Florida is is like a you know there's like company towns. Florida's like a company state for yeah. like Disney, uh, and it's like when I was in fucking Orlando, I was like talking to like the rules of the their restaurant, and they're like, we go by what Disney goes by. Like Disney like doesn't just set the rules for Disney World, but like all of the th- things in Florida are based around Disney too. So obviously, there's like sort of that like paternal connection that people have to like a thing. Um, but like, do all those people vote? No. And Disney it like represents to a lot of the culture war people that do get activated to vote for Republicans it represents, uh, you know, queering the queering their, their cartoons. Yeah. But I do think there's an invert, two inverses there that are meaningful. One that I think a, a not insignificant portion of non-voting dorks will, would vote to protect Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, because of like weird brand loyalty stuff, and then that's true. The Disney adults are are an untold legion. It is like it's K-pop Disney adults. Um, like those are the two fan bases that that can are, like change, are, are, that can like change the world. Well, that can all that can be openly cannibals. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's true. And then the other thing is that. So Disney has a couple of like literal Disney towns that they like basically own. And, mm-hmm. where, and then a few and a, and a few ones they don't talk about. They're like Israel. They have a secret nuke. Yeah, they have some secret nukes in Disney for sure. But uh, the thing is that those towns all have part of the way that it works is that there's like a vested bond in those towns that Disney pays to like that basically goes that is like a, a loan to make sure those towns function. Um, but by taking Disney's like ownership out of those spaces, now the people who live in those towns have to pay that bond. So everyone who lives in those places is going to have to pay like three to four thousand extra dollars a year in taxes or extra dollars next year in taxes. And like going forward, like thousands yeah. of dollars on like regular people uh, because of this like weird situation. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's weird because it's like, I mean. It's not necessarily like a good thing that the whims of a company like uphold the infrastructure like uh, but it, that doesn't seem extremely related to why it's happening. Like Right, well that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing is like what the thing is that they're like we got to get rid of Disney cuz they're doing grooming or whatever. And they think that, like, mm-hmm. it's OK, which, which is messaging that works. I would recommend every Republican run on that. It seems to be the only thing any freak cares about anymore. Trans shit and gender shit. It's like it's it's the only thing anyone fucking gets worked up about anymore. The grooming I don't know when so- that, that happened like a year ago. And now it's like the only thing anyone wants to get get off about. It's bizarre. I think everyone's just like super fixated on it yeah well i mean the whole like grooming shit is like it's not new but it's definitely at a a new scale and i think that like it's obviously uh it is a textbook example of the whole like with every accusation and admission theory of propaganda where like the the republican party is like provably rife with pedophiles like there's tons of them publicly (laughs) 
and they keep electing them, even though they're provably pedophiles. Um, which says two yeah, things well, to me. That's that, that's kind of got a ring to it. Provably pedophile. That, is the, that actually is hmm. that is the name of my ska band. It's like perfectly pink. Yeah. No, it's got it definitely rolls off the tongue. But like it's it's uh, that's only two things. One is that they don't actually give a shit about any of this stuff. Obviously, we all knew that. Um, and two that like they are just like they know that people aren't going to actually investigate these claims. They're just going to take them at face value because they justify their pre-existing like beefs with stuff. Yeah. You know, what's super fucking hot is those, those, there's a million catch a predator YouTubers now. Uh, and I'm super into that culture. It's really funny. Was it you who sent me the one I really liked or did I send the one I really liked to you where the guys in the parking lot the, in Canada and he has the tiny car? <laughs> the, the tiny car is one of the greatest things ever. The tiny car is oh really incredible. Can we watch it right now? Uh, yeah, maybe probably, right? It's, Let's see. Ti- tiny car pedophile. I mean, that's just a great title. Uh, World Star Hip Hop. I got it right here. I'll put in Discord. Yeah, it's, thank you, World Star. <laughs> oh God! Shouts out to World this Star. Is, yeah, World Star. Just like TMZ, just like they do a service, and I don't know why they get so much bad rap. Yeah, yeah it start. It start. It starts in his car. He hunted this guy to the gas station, and he waits around for like a minute. Oh, he finds him, and the guy's in this fucking. Thing. He's like, hey, come on, Roger. (laughs) What is that thing? It's a Toronto Raptors. Yeah, it's a tiny little Toronto Raptors, like, smart, like, mini smart car. It looks like a smart car that you'd find, like, at the inside an airport or something like that. Like, something, like, bizarrely small. Uh, But it's outdoors, and it's got a giant Toronto Raptors logo on it. And then he chases the man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just in there, he's just hitting the car. And he's like, "Come on, Roger!" <laughs> that's uh, that's an incredible clip. Yeah, he's like he's like driving parallel to the car, and the guy can't get away because the car doesn't drive that fast. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, those guys are everywhere. Like. Yeah, they're they're profligate. It's like a real like you can make like, you know, I mean, obviously it's it's hard to think that they'll anyone will ever be as good at it as to catch a predator was because to catch a predator was like masterpiece shit at its best. Yeah, but like it is there. You can definitely maintain a a YouTube, you know, audience and following they like i saw this one one of my favorite guys he like he live streams all the time and like like i'm like okay that's like gotta be some of the most engaging live stream content like every single stream you might be in the chat when he finds a pedophile like how does it get better than that (laughs) like uh I, i i keep seeing like this title of his youtube videos is always like went out no catch he's like a fisherman yeah, it's oh man, it is. I mean, because they're they're uh, they're just like they know they know that like this is the thing, man, is that so many people were raised or like have grown up in a world where discourse amounts to being like you don't like the thing I like, you must be a pedo, or you do the thing I like, you or you, you like the thing I don't like, you must be a pedo, and so there is this real appeal to like proving it in the world. Do you know what I mean? And people want to see that proof exist. So what I like, and that's not to say that pedophilia isn't like a huge problem. It obviously is, but like 
there's a, a group of people who are so invested in its existence as a problem that you can make YouTube channels that basically just exist to be like, you're right to be freaked out about this, even if the directions in which they are freaked out are, uh, are, uh, like, heroic and brave. I was going to say stupid and ill-informed, but sure, those are kind of the synonymous. <laughs> I was going to say hashtag content. Um, big ups to all those guys. Um, yeah, I guess everyone's a pedophile now and it's almost like maybe they like, maybe pedophiles like that. Cause it's like watering it down. They can hide in plain sight. If ever it's kind of like the end of Incredibles. Oh yeah, totally. If, if everyone's a pedo, he turns everyone into a pedophile at the end. Cause, cause then if everyone's a pedophile, no one is, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important to remember also that that isn't actually true. Even if everyone's a pedophile, still everyone's a pedophile. It's not, it doesn't quite work the same way as superheroes, but I do see what you're trying to say. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty one to one. Um, yo, uh, Halo TV show still hot, still popping. You need to watch Um, F3, but F2 was fun. F3, even better. Great up three. Uh, I'm just surprised at how much uh, I'm enjoying this show, folks. It's uh, it's the spirit of Halo, but in a much more like mature and interesting story about like that. It is kind of weird that like we're a super militaristic society with Spartans. Um, yeah. And I think that's uh, pretty cool. Right. Well, I think there's a funny thing here and uh I, I don't have a fully fleshed out thesis on this. We'll probably come back to it one day when I think of it a little bit more. But like there's a real instinct amongst like conservative communities to be the cool kids. And they understand that the cool kids are sort of in the more progressive political camps because like that's where a lot of artists and like cultural tastemaker people live. And so there's a really funny thing with Halo going on where it wants to retain the sort of ethos of the Halo games, which are fundamentally conservative ethos. But it wants to talk to the kind of people who stream Paramount Plus, who stream sort of like higher end prestige shows who are all sort of like more critical and progressive. So they have to like find a way to make it more grown up than just like gun, go shoot, shoot, boom. And the way they're doing that is this kind of interesting critique of like, why is there a society that has master chief? (laughs) Which is like a legit question. Or like, or like, or like a question of like, if there is a society that is in a space that needs master chief or needs these super soldiers to survive, like it, that, what, what kind of society is that? And that's a pretty thoughtful, I think, thing. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that. I sent you on Twitter, a DM from a clip from this week's episode cool uh, that, that made me laugh um uh yeah that's that's the fucking halo tv show um all right well, i got a media update for you too but i saw sonic 2 oh okay uh currently i think the most successful video game film of all time i believe it but man i'll tell you not that good a movie here's the thing yeah here's the thing we talked about this a little bit when we reviewed sonic the first time the problem with the Sonic movie was that it took Sonic, who is fairly interesting, can do a lot of stuff and has a lot of weird lore, and decided to sort of attach, sort of hang like a weird family drama on Sonic or like family comedy thing where it's like the story of these people like learning to get along. That stupid. <laughs> um, and it was stupid when they did it in the first Sonic. And Sonic 2 is substantially better than the first Sonic, but. It has the same problem. There's like a fun Sonic movie in Sonic 2 where like 
Robotnik and Knuckles come and they steal the emerald and they fill they fill it with human bullshit is what you're saying. Yeah, because because the the basic plot from Sonic's perspective is uh, James Marsden and his wife go to a vacation in Hawaii. Sonic gets left home alone. He's chilling out, having a good time. Knuckles and Robotnik show up. They're like, we need this emerald and your you your special map shows us how to get there. Big fight happens. Tails comes, rescues Sonic, and then there's like a race to get the emerald. And like silly stuff happens and then the the bad guys get the, you know, whatever, blah, 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 adventure movie happens. But the problem is that throughout this adventure movie, we're a cutting back to this weird wedding in Hawaii that is just not funny or interesting, except that there's one really good bit that I don't want to spoil for you, because if you do see it, this is like one of the only like highlights of the movie is this one good bit. So I don't want to like step on that, but. It seems like someone will watch it at home. Yeah, but as that one good bit, that's I probably read right as that one good bit. Otherwise, the Hawaii stuff's kind of a waste. And then we get back into this journey and the journey gets like sort of, you know, James Morrison and wife and stuff come back for the end of the movie. And they're not really that involved with the big story and sort of all this extra human bullshit that are kind of, like you said, wasting time when the real thing is like. Make Sonic do crazy challenges. Tails flies around. Knuckles punches stuff. Jim Carrey acts weird. And that's a whole movie. But like they add all this extra human bullshit that just makes it take. It makes it so draggy and boring. Yeah. Like I felt that way about Bumblebee, uh, which was like that kids Transformers movie. And like everyone's like, oh, this is like such a great tone or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, the human parts are just so poorly written. Like it just. Yeah. It's not that I, like, I can't get into a kid's movie. It's just that, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's this thing where. Well, that's like that's the weird thing, right? That's the assumption I feel like on the studio's part is that like kids will buy into the whimsical Bumblebee or Sonic parts, but that the parents need like a grown up adult story to enjoy. Like James Marsden goes to a wedding where no one wants him to be there. Um, yeah. And like, that's so stupid because like adults can latch on to fun, whimsical kid stories. Like we know that to be true. Like mm-hmm. we've seen it happen. To, like Shrek was super successful being that way. Fucking every studio Ghibli movie, basically, especially the recent ones are like that. Like successful kid movies don't make a buttressed off B plot for the parents. And it's especially yeah, it's exa- weird yeah. with Sonic because there aren't new Sonic games that kids love. Sonic was popular when we were kids and not since. So the yeah, people who not- care about Sonic are adults now. And they're not good video. They're not good games, except for like Adventure Battle 2, which is a really good game. Yeah. I mean, there's but- there's there's ups and downs. Some of the stuff on Genesis is really great. Yeah, I just it's it's like obviously a franchise that's like fully dead. Yeah. And um, like the thing that could have revived it was just make a really fun kids movie that they could latch onto and attach like a game or whatever to it. But they just put a a, a really boring grown-up vacation movie on top of it that sucks. They just need to make Adventure Battle 2 shot for shot live action and just like have it not even have a story. Well, like, I'll say this, the post-credit scene opens the doors for some shit like that. Although I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I asked you before, do they play Do they, do they play the San Francisco Hill song? They do not. I think they did that in the first one, don't they? Cause they go to San Francisco. Oh, they might've, um, they don't go well, to San Francisco. This one, they go to Hawaii. Hawaii seems like a, such a, like a classic dumb kids place to go. It's like, where do we go? There's like locations that kids know. It's like, New York and Hawaii. Yeah, the Hawaiian wedding stuff is very silly and has a lot of silly implications for the plot, but it was, yeah. Um, I have one other thing I want to talk to you about. Okay, and then... uh, Before we get into it. And then I'm going to go. Okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Um, 
so I uh, recently I just <laughs> watched the most. Thank you for using your I statements. I just watched the most recent episode of The Masked Singer. Um. Yeah. While I was doing some stuff for work. Um. Yes. And and Kenji and Kenji Young took a stand for our democracy. We'll get to that. Uh. Because yeah. Well, we're gonna. Well, a bunch of the episode happened. It sucked. The main part was that one of the people was revealed to be Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yes. Very funny. It has led to a bunch of very funny tweets about like this is the only way they could make him wear a mask. Blah 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 blah. But but haven't they been doing this? Sh- haven't they been putting like fucking uh like January sixth conspirators in that show for like two years now? Only in the sense that like no, they've been putting like anti-vaxxer people on the show a lot, uh, including like one of the co-hosts. <laughs> Isn't the point that you're you're kind of you kind of want to kill the 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 costumed person? I think that's how a lot of people, myself included, feel. But I don't think that's what they're going for. Oh, okay, interesting. Oh. They're going for like, oh, I mean, it's controversial, right? Uh, yeah, they knew it would be controversial. Yeah, they definitely did, but they didn't tell. I didn't tell the judges. This led to two important moments. I want to start with the sillier one, and then the Ken Jeong takes a stand for society, which is somehow less silly than the first thing that happened. The best mm-hmm. thing that happened is when he's unmasked, Nicole Scherenzer turns to Ken Jeong and asks, is that Robert Duvall? Which is Whoa. so funny for so many reasons. I love the idea that she like somehow just doesn't know what either Rudy Giuliani or Robert Duvall look like is incredible. No, no, that's Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Um, and then the second thing is, yeah, just, uh, Ken Jeong stood up, went, I'm done and stormed out of the show. But that's because he felt so embarrassed about what he his bad guess. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a political thing. It's that he guessed that well, it's that he guessed that it was uh, Cal Ripken Jr. I don't know. I feel like uh, I I don't know. I just it's like, weird. Like it's not. You know, didn't you guys win? I feel like Democrats don't act like they won. Well, because like for two reasons, right? Like Democrats can't win, really, right? Because. They have the distinction between Democrat and Republican policies is like paper thin. And so for Democrats to win, what that would actually look like is the sort of young people supporting them and saying they're good and cool like they did during the Obama times. But young people don't do that because because Democrats won't commit to actual like policies that young people like. Thusly, the Joe, well, the Joe Biden youth support drop. Yeah, man, the youth they love they love Joe. They used to love Joe. Yeah, I wish I wish I wish he could get that back. Yeah, they, they, yeah, well, young people <laughs> used to love Joe Biden. Um, it's it seems like they've given up. It's awesome. And, and, it's like this podcast. Like it seems like it's like, and everyone's like, oh, we got an episode this week. Like, okay, Joe. Um, I, I would argue against. that we are. Uh, better yeah i would argue that we are investing more effort and thoughtfulness into this show than the democrats are in the thing and that leads into the other thing which is mm -hmm. that like because they're perpetually playing defense because any of their offense policies are things they don't actually want you know like student debt relief or like income supplementation or housing policy or medicare for all or a pro act are all things that they don't actually want as an institutional entity and so Republicans set the terms of all the cultural conversation, policy conversation, because they actually do have things they want to do. They agree they want to do. Stop. Your mic is shaking. You're, you're getting Sorry. too horny for politics. They, they have things that they want to do. That they actually try to do. So Republicans are setting the conversation. So in that sense, 
the Democrats can't act like they've won because Democrat talking points aren't the things we're talking about, right? The things we're talking about are Republican talking points all the time because Democrats refuse to like set the narrative. So of course, Ken Jeong sees like Rudy Giuliani, a classic emblem emblem of the coup, um, and can't help but lose his mind, even though his co-host is like a leading anti-vaxxer. I, 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 yeah, I mean, ge- my general point is like, just like with the Will Smith slap thing, people have forgotten how to enjoy things. Rudy Giuliani is an incredibly enjoyable character. He's like a melting person who's like shitting his pants on live television. Uh, and like, if you don't think that's funny, like where where along your comedy route? as a as an actor as a performer did you lose that that heart that a heart that says when i see a man shit his ass on tv that's funny and worth it and it's like my my larger point is you guys won every single republican judge in the country basically like didn't side with trump like all of the republican infrastructure didn't side with the coup this is just a random dude and it's like we just don't know how to like enjoy a w in any way well yeah i mean i they like i said i don't think i don't think they meaningfully won or perceive themselves as having won i think that's an important part of it but also, like they got they got Biden in. They they didn't savor that W enough. Well, yeah, but they, they didn't getting get, Biden doesn't mean anything in like a cultural context. But, it, but like they should be selling it like it does. Uh, like it's like that, that's that's my whole thing. Yeah. yeah well, they should be. Yeah, well, they they tried that, but then every time everyone was like, "This means something. We should do something with how much this means." They were like, "Oh, buddy, you can't." Oh, hold on. Meaning something ain't the same as doing something. And eventually, that got tired. Um. But the other thing is, to me, the thing with the Ken Jump thing is really weird, is that, like, man, you're on a reality show with Jenny McCarthy on Fox. Like, how is Rudy Giuliani showing up a bridge too far at that point? That's the thing that makes it feel really silly to me, is it's like the the sort of... Well, what, what if this? What if Rudy Giuliani was the guy who put Ken in the trunk in The Hangover, and now he's having... Now you're, now you're making fun of a trauma victim... Damn, I guess, I guess you're right, Griffin. I guess you really turned, you really judo flipped this one around on me. What if he like? What if he now? What if because that was his big first role? Well, what if now the trunk trunks like give him like comfort and safety? Yeah, that would be sweet if his thing was like. Now I love the trunk. (laughs) You get pulled over, and it's like, okay, I just want to let you know, Ken Chiang is in my trunk right now. Please don't open it. He feels comfortable in there. (laughs) Of his own will. And he's so comfortable in there. Sorry. You saw Rudy Giuliani take off his mask and he needed to cool down. So he got in my trunk and I'm just driving around with him in there. Please let him. He's asleep. Just let him rest. LAPD wouldn't blink a fucking eye. They know that they know they know they've dealt with these freaks before. Yeah. Like, like you see, there's like definitely like two different types of LA cops. There's like the cops downtown that just like are like homeless Gestapo. And then there's like the cops like in Beverly Hills who are like, uh, g- get out of the way. Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to shop. Like it's, it, there is like very different types. And I, and I, uh, and I love them both and I donate frequently. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to keep those cool cops looking good because Griffin <laughs> donates to their sartorial fund exclusively. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, oh, this is going to like your t- car tires or like your health insurance. No, no, it's for your no. looks. <laughs> I want to no, make no, sure no. you are serving. I want your belts to be shiny. <laughs> yeah, I want you more buttons, more buttons for cops. Mm-hmm. I think that the I think the I think we could lose a few letters in the phrase less than lethal make it uh l- lethal l- not a lot of letters i guess it's losing most of the letters <laughs> we could lose a majority of those letters frankly <laughs> we could use a lot of those letters um so maybe switch uh hold the less add a more more than lethal so it's it's it'll kill it'll kill you twice it'll kill you and your spirit <laughs> more than lethal this if you get it's technically these uh these bullets are covered in a, a menstrual blood so if the if they shoot you you uh, do a double sin and go to hell whoa i wasn't i was i wasn't even thinking that direction but yeah i guess that is how those work i was trying to I think guess of, that is how the sausage gets made i was trying to think of the american version of the fucking uh middle east cops who shoot uh muslims with uh bullets covered in pig fat because it's not kosher oh right they do do that they do that's, that's a bummer up. that's a bummer big bummer um well you know, speaking of bummers, I'm playing World of Warcraft again. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, okay, let's let's talk about this. Because you DM'd me. And you were like, actually, let me just go find. Let me go scroll I'm up sobbing. for a second. I'm sobbing. They fixed it. Um, they did it. Yeah, so, so yeah, you you messaged me. Wow expansion. Yeah, you messaged me with the WoW expansion. Uh, and you said, holy shit, this WoW announcement is insane. They saved the game. The fans are absolutely wild mode. I said, what happened? And you said, fuck, I'm crying right now. Too many things to explain. <laughs> yeah, so many things to so explain. give me a little bit, give me and our audience a little bit of context for what the fuck is happening. <laughs> well, here, I'll break it down into two parts. There was the retail new part expansion announcement stuff that gave me excited chills but then it was the trailer drop to Wrath of the Lich Kling classic that put me into absolute shambles. So just sobbing, watching it on the sidewalk in L.A., just just crying in public. You know, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I, and it did make me think about, you know, art and the artists and the companies that own them, because it's like I, I think after all the Blizzard bad news that we keep hearing about and talking about all the time it does make you forget how meaningful some of this art was to you like uh, sure. and, I, and i had for and i had forgotten uh, and like when i heard like the vo monologue from arthas's dad in that trailer just them dropping those fucking lines about lord Iran again i was like wow i am fucking back to when i was like fucking 14 and just like living my best life like yeah wow definitely things can take you back in crazy surreal ways um so that was that was the classic part all right and that is that okay yeah is that is that nostalgia is that kosher i can understand the nostalgia appeal i will say it (laughs) 
it is funny and I think indicative of where some of the stuff is at creatively that the thing that they finally were able to do that moved you was to recycle VO from 15 years ago. Well, I, of course, of course, that's funny. Uh, but ultimately, Wrath of the Lich King is the end of like what I would say good good wow stories like it was the it was sort of like the end of the classic era and then things always got just more convoluted and shitty uh and like just awful just terrible terrible one of the worst world of warcraft currently is one of the worst stories ever ever made in video games uh it makes no sense uh it is poorly told it's it's like a it's like though it's like not just a child but a, the dumbest child you know is is telling you a story. Mm, it's dumb exhausting. Children. Oh yeah, that's what. Well, those are the ones I'm referring to. Um, okay. So, but like Wrath of Lich King was the third. It was the third thing. It went vanilla, Burning Crusade, Wrath, and in that they were pulling on all that lore from the original Warcraft games that that was built up, and we were fighting Illidan, and then in this one we were finally fighting the Lich King Arthas, and so yeah, that time is kind of the it's kind of the final chapter, the return of the king, if you will. Yeah, I mean, because because that was sort of that was sort of taking you and kind of plunking you into the world of Warcraft 3 in a lot of ways. Cause like, that's kind of the stuff that happens in Warcraft 3 and in the expansions. Um, and it was, it was like letting you experience that really, frankly, pretty good, interesting story um, from a fresh perspective, i.e. the perspective of like a character on the ground. Um, and that is exciting. And that is something that like, I think that, I mean, there was an era, right. Where like, when RTSs were huge, where that was like the goal was to make the spin-off game that clicks that way, right? That was the StarCraft Ghost thing. Um, etc. Like there was that was like the thing. I think it is true that World of Warcraft, I think there was even like a command and conquer version of this too. Uh, there like the World of Warcraft was the one that like did it right. And I think that the people who played it really loved being immersed in that world and the the sort of scale of it and the sort of epic fantasy nature of it. Um and having it be so grounded in like like what makes Warcraft and Warcraft two and Warcraft three work is that like, it's, it's not just like, it's not just like you're mashing your toys together to having a fight. Like there's a real grounded narrative that makes sense as to why this war is happening and what the stakes of it are and, and who's suffering. And so it's really easy to stick a character into that world and play in the wow way. And I do, I do see that appeal of it um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that appeal is great. It's something that like even people who never got into, you know, World of Warcraft originally, it's still pulling on all that rich lore. So it's just super fun. Um, that's that part of it. Then there's the retail part of it. They uh, announced their most uh, upcoming expansion, Dragonflight. Um, and that is probably going to come out, I'm guessing, quarter one or quarter two of like 2023. They didn't give a release date. They didn't even take pre-orders, which means it's kind of far off still. Yeah. Um, but WoW has been in a place for like multiple expansions. There's like some big ups, but then a lot of downs. Um, and there's just been a lot of huge problems. And I'd say the big, the two biggest problems with present WoW have been the story 
and the systems. And like both of those have been fucking up everything about the game. The first one I'll talk about is the story. It makes no sense. They like rinse and repeat all the time. Like after playing Final Fantasy 14 and seeing their storytelling, their characters, how driven it is, uh, they like WoW just doesn't touch that at all. WoW basically each expansion, they stress out. They realize they haven't told a story and they cram everything into like a two or three minute cinematic. And you get like one of those a patch that's not storytelling that's just like filling in the plot holes or whatever um and it starts to feel really disjointed and you start to feel really disconnected uh from that story um well with dragonflight i think that they are taking a step back they're saying we're gonna start building a new story but we're not promising you everything all at once here like there isn't a big bad that they've established in this cinematic there isn't anything it's like a new land the dragons are returning to it we're going to build from there and like build a story out because that's what they need to do they've been trying to be like oh we're going to do we're going to hit the high notes of like what final fantasy 14 is doing and it's like well you haven't earned any of those like they've been spending so much time building those but you haven't earned jack shit um and so they're like we need to earn those we're going back to a simpler story yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense like the other thing is that like They've been mining Warcraft 3 for so long that a lot of people who play the game didn't play Warcraft 3. Like, there was a ton of people who played the game and are into the game who are on the younger side who didn't play, like, what is a core text of the game. That, that's and, like, true, too. I think that's a huge loss, and it makes the story stuff feel really weird and, and structurally confusing. If you were to if you were to like get into the retail story of Shadowlands, the current expansion right now, you would be so confused at what the fuck is going on in the story. And then on top of that, the people who do know the story are confused because it doesn't make sense for them either. Yeah. So it's it's just like it's like a total mess. They need to hire new writers in general, I think. But it seems like they're going to a new uh, level there with it. But then the systems is the other problem. Each expansion, they add a bunch of new systems that are basically extra things that you have to do to suck up your time. It's like artificial content. It's like not content. Uh, and they have been, you know, the fans have been complaining about this for years. It sucks to go from each expansion and just have to start all over. All those things I earned from the past expansion are completely worthless. Um, and you feel like the next ones you're investing into are going to be equally worthless because they just are going to get rinsed next expansion. They're not doing systems for this expansion. They're going back to the core stuff. They're like developing the talents. They're developing the classes. Like they're just spending time on the content. And I think that's so smart. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what they have to do. Like they were able to, to bank a lot of sort of equity with the world, but like, it was very clear that they were kind of like resting on their laurels and coasting. And then I think with, like you were saying, the final fantasy 14 advent and even maybe some, to some degree Genshin impact, which has been pretty popular and sustained as well. Like people started to be like, wait a second, like the degree to which they were coasting became really evident in the face of like, obviously better games existing and better games sort of using their formula to like a much more effective degree, both narratively and mechanically. And I mm. think that it became like it's one thing when like the best the best shit in the game is coasting and but there's just not another thing that you can compare it to to like really get a sense of like the gap. But then once mm -hmm. Final Fantasy 14 came out, got huge and like kept fucking not fucking resting on its laurels, but continually pushing the shit forward. 
like then it just made WoW look so stupid and lazy by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I, I think ultimately what was cool about the presentation was like, it seems like they are at, like actually listening to the fans and whether that's because they have to now, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It just seems like a better direction for the game. Um, and you know what? It could all still be really shitty uh, and fucked up. But the beauty of our, the beauty of where we're at now is like, if it sucks, there's like four or five other MMOs that are like fun to play now. There's like a plethora of shit to do. So, you know, it's not life or death, but I'm having a lot of fun playing classic right now. I'm playing Burning Crusade. I needed something to grind on for a little bit, something to just zone out to. And, uh, you know, they make a good grind. They make one of the best grinds in gaming. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're known for. Um, well, before we wrap this up, you want to hear about the two games that I, I tried out this week? <laughs> Sure. All right. I tried out uh, first. I, well, we'll start with the one that that I like better, but have fewer sort of. I think it, there's less juice to talk about. Um, I started Jurassic World Evolution Two, the game where you make a Jurassic Park. Um, and it. I I, wa- I watched you play a little bit of yeah, it, and I'm hoping stream. it's good. But I I think you're gonna say it's bad. It's pretty good. Um. Oh. I think. It's a little overcooked. I want to see how it plays. I did a little bit of sandbox last night after the stream and it was pretty fun, but I, I, I think it's a little overcooked cause it wants you to do so many things, right? Like it wants you to both like be the guy on the ground, tranking dinosaurs with your cool trank gun and picking them up and moving them into the park and also designing the park and also giving track of all the variables of the park and da, 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 da. And I think that it's like a little, like, it's a it's asking a little too much. The good thing about it is that you can have you can take care of all those little tasks from the isometric perspective. Like you very rarely have to go in and like first person shoot the dinos. But it is it, it, the problem is it's still a little confusing. What I do like though is that once you get into sandbox mode or whatever, you are just making like a park and stuff. Like you do have to capture dinos and, and we bring them in. It's the very funny premise of the games that takes place after Jurassic world two. So dinos are on the loose all over the place. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like I saw that you were like building yours in like Arizona and then you were just being like, yeah, there's just a bunch of dinosaurs in Arizona now roaming around. Yep. That's, that's uh, like, yeah, that's it, how the, that's how Jurassic world two ends. my man. So let's talk about the nitty gritty and, but like on a few levels, like is the UI fucked up? Is it, is it a, is it a menu game? That's brutal. It's a little tricky with the UI, although it's pretty easy to adapt to. The problem is, I think that there's two problems and, and I think they might both have been, they might both be ameliorated if I were to replay what we played on the stream by myself and not switching off with two other people. Um, but it's like a little tricky knowing when you're supposed to be doing what and keeping track of everything that's going on. Because like, for instance, like you have to tell your dudes to do a, like some systems are automatized, but all systems are automatized and knowing what is and isn't and how to make things do stuff is like a very frustrating process. Um, Mm -hmm. although I do think some of the frustration I was having is that the campaign mode wants you to solve problems in very specific ways within very specific mm-hmm. limitations. And sometimes that's just not the obvious easy way to solve the problem. Like for instance, mm-hmm. you can have your Rangers fix a fence. Uh, and in the campaign, it's like, have your Rangers fix the fence and it won't let you just build a new fence, even though 
in sandbox, if a dinosaur gets out, you could just build a new fence and it like costs 20 bucks and saves you time and money. Um, mm-hmm. So like that's sort of part of the problem is that. And the other issue with it is that like it's it feels kind of slow. Like your your accumulation of dinos does not feel as fast as I want it to. Like I want that park to fill up. You know how like when you get on a roll in like a, a roller coaster tycoon or something, you're like you're a zoo, a zoo tycoon, if you will. Yeah, a zoo tycoon. Like you're you're filling it up with animals. You're building attractions. You're doing all that shit. It's like bah, 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 bah. Um, and this game's a little bit slower, which I think is cool in some ways. And I think lends itself to the game's desire to have you be both like park manager and park ranger. But I think that that's kind of a mistake because I would much rather just be park manager than be park ranger. Like if I'm going to play a game where I have to fight dinos, I'd rather the whole game be fighting dinos. Yeah. Do they have the thing where uh, like people are trying to like break in and steal the DNA samples or stuff like that? Like the plot of the original? Do you have hackers or terrorists? It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) The silliest thing that's happened yet is I let a dinosaur get out and it ate a guy and then it got sick because it had his phone in its stomach. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. I think that's I think that's nice. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, is Jeff Goldblum in the game? Yes. All right. Well, then, you know, seems like enough. I mean, is it Sun Game Pass? I think it is. Uh, it might be. Uh, I bought it because it was on sale yeah. and I had some extra PayPal monies lying around. Oh, OK. Wow. Yeah, big big, and, big, uh, big yeah. spendo. And you didn't buy me Jurassic Park World, too. You didn't just add a two on the inventory. Yeah, I should have made it two X and had them send one to Griffin. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, and so the uh, PS5 is, is relatively new, so I haven't put in my classic PS store setting of everything I buy, make sure you send one to Griffin. Um, but the other game we played uh, oh, yeah. is Ancestors, A Humankind Odyssey, which is the game where mm-hmm. you start out as an ape and then play till yeah. you become humans. <laughs> Whoa, Detroit? You, yeah, it's, 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 it's ape become human. Nice. Um, and it is a cool idea for a game, but as my friend Kyle said, I don't think anyone in the development room asked the critical question of would this be fun to play? Um, because hmm. it really wants you to be ape. Like you have to use your yeah. smell senses and your hearing senses. You climb around a lot. Wait, what what fucking game is it was this first person it's a, or what it's, is this? It's like it's like close third person. Like you're following around one specific ape. You can switch which ape you're controlling by meeting other apes. Um, okay. And you do stuff like forage for berries, try to create a little tribe, find little resting zones, like discover how to eat fish, learn about water. Can f- it sounds awful. It's like it's an interesting idea for a game. But like I said, and I think like like you're reacting, it just isn't that fun <laughs> because mm-hmm. like. This idea that, like, oh, every choice you make and every action you take, like, slowly inputs, like, neuronal data that, like, develops into, like, the evolution of the species, which is, like, basically how that shit works, uh, is interesting. But it's, like, not that fun to, like, try and eat all the berries so that you develop, like, a stomach that can digest berries. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not that interesting to me. Uh, And the fighting system is really silly and weird. And just like an endless stream of strange choices, basically, in that game. Hmm. Uh, uh, so, wait, did you ever not, did you ever become not monkey? No, we just became bigger monkey. What what is the 
what's the like so you're just gonna start to come more caveman like eventually yeah like you'll you do, do fire and stuff yeah like generations pass and hentai yeah exactly you get it's fire than hentai that's that's gotta be that's gotta be like the final the yeah the final last, level that's i mean that is that is uh you know per scientist what makes us human is the ability <laughs> to create hentai create and appreciate hentai what what makes us Detroit become human? Uh, uh, Detroit become hentai. Wow. Detroit become hentai. And uh, it's like there's a the tentacles have like little, little choice options. And it's like, oh, like, uh, should I should I get the door or should I keep reading the newspaper? And you're like, wow, this is incredible. This is just incredible writing. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's it's uh, if only it had what's his name, well, David. <laughs> only what's his name, David Heavy Rain, to make the story uh, good oh, and interesting. David Heavy Rain on me. Oh, David. Anyways, I give this episode a C. A C for uh, championship. Uh, we forgot to do an ad next week. We'll just plug Haley cut in half somewhere and we'll figure it out. Maybe after politics. Um, yeah. Well, unless our political beliefs get us, uh, deplatformed from our, our Facebook gaming pages. Now, is that a thing that can happen? How do you feel? You think, uh, you think if you think if Musk gets Twitter, we can get Trump back on Twitter. Oh yeah. It's all worth it. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think if Musk gets Twitter, Twitter's going to become like really bad though. Like what ways? I think there's going to be, you, you don't think, an, you don't think it'll just become really cool, smart guys. I think there'll be like a real emphasis on people like disclosing and, and like anti-anonymity projects and stuff. And it's going to make it a lot harder for people to actually use Twitter as like a political space because, uh, even though the right complains about doxing all the time, they're the ones who like swap people and shit. Uh, and it's going to become extremely one-sided in the discourse. It's going to become a real problem. But then what'll I, I thought that, then I, what'll probably happen, honestly, is someone will create a new version of Twitter that is uh not that that doesn't have the same authentication practices. And then people will go there, and Elon Musk will be like, "Why am I on this Twitter thing where no one's funny or interesting? Because I hate all the people who think I'm cool." I had I had ten awesome jokes, but you know. I wasn't able to get in there. It's okay. Uh, Elon Musk is my, he's my hero. Well, you know, you and I have a different view of that guy. I see uh, a bad businessman with a shitty past and you see the future of America. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm right. Whether you like it or not, (laughs) whether that's good or not, it's very popular. Yeah. People do (laughs) seem to like that guy for reasons I'll never understand. I think I think getting Trump uh, unbanned is worth it. I mean, it How's definitely it would. Twitter, it would definitely be good for for like content. Twitter just sucks now. It's just ads. Yeah, I mean the ads are awful. Um, although it's, I don't even see any of my friends' cool posts. I see like five posts. Yeah, I saw Hunter did a good post today. Just, that was exciting. I get actually that is true. I get kind of excited when I see my friends' posts because they're like. They're like it, it feels real again for a moment. Yeah, it's so so buried. It's uh, it's weird. I've had to start unfollowing uh, uh, the uh, lame stream media, you know, just to just to clear things up, you know, really go off the grid politically. Um, 
come back, come back somewhere new. I need to create a new meta. Come back stronger than ever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. It's it <laughs> it's midterm fever. <laughs> I need to go away, work on myself, and come back a little worse than I was before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it seems like you have to. Do, that's what Belle Delphine does, you know. So why not me? Yeah, you know. She's back. She's back, by the way. That's gamer related. She's back and the people are horny. Yeah. Hopefully she stays in character this time. I think people have stopped liking her because she started doing interviews as like a real person. Huge mistake. Did we? Huge mistake. Am I remembering this wrong? Was there a guy who bought her bathwater and used it to make hot dogs? I mean, like, like thousands of people bought. The I know. Is there a guy who did also use it to make hot dog? Probably. Right, let's let's quickly fact check that and then call it a day. I think that's yeah. I don't think I can leave until we Bell figure Delphine that one out. Bathwater hot dog. Uh. Anyways, yeah. Subscribe to Game Boys, which you already are because you're listening. Uh. You know, you can follow. You could Lux's show PDWR is streaming on Means TV, <laughs> so you can go and. Uh, I think if you put in the promo code Game Boys, you will have to pay double. So don't do well, that. If you put in the promo code um, PWR22, you'll get a month of free Means TV. Yeah. So those are your two options. Um, and then, uh, so definitely go check that out. Uh, just like put that on at the bar, put that on at the dentist office, uh, Put grab people's phones from them and just be like, when they go, what are you doing? Be like, hold on a second. And download the well. I guess first download the app, and then you have to ask for their login. Um, I didn't. So ask for their password. I haven't found any evidence that anyone using the Belle Delphine uh, bathwater to make hot dogs. Oh, that was just you. It, I guess something that I thought of. No, no, no. no that's something you I can't did. afford. That kind of bathwater, man. Well, you did it, but I severed you, and you only remember. Uh, you don't remember. I have, it. I have <laughs> every time I go in the kitchen, I get severed. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Apple TV, we love you. Uh, this episode was not a sponsor uh, by Apple TV, but we love the little guy. Okay, yeah, we love him, we and love that's Apple guys. TV is the little guy. Apple TV is a little guy. They are no one, but oh, you know what? Let's. You're right. Let's give a shout out on this last couple seconds to an even littler guy, CNN Plus, Rip. which we both have just been greenlit for a show. What? Yeah. CNN okay. Plus, but- <laughs> it's canceled by the end of the month. It, they declared it. CNN reported. Then what was that? What was that whole agreement we just signed? I bought a. I just bought a I know, house. I think we made a big mistake. We probably should end the podcast and get this sorted out. I bought a hype house. You get the the garage. Uh, the one room with no AC. Perfect for me. <laughs> uh, get me out right. of here. I'm plugged Later, boring. folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.